guess you ain't from around here, yeah I guess you ain't from around here, yeah Look at what we did in the past year, yeah A lot of green like a pasture A lot of busted like a pastor Yeah, enjoy it while I'm still here I've been on the up and disappeared like the rapture No mad raps in the cheap short I'm just shopping in my Sears I ain't no soothsayer Just a truth seeker, boo tweaker Might just make a meal while I'm getting meeker just make a meal while I'm getting meeker Do I sound clear? Can you hear the soothing timbre in your ear? Look at what we did in the past year Yeah, look at what we did Hello everybody, welcome back to Ebbs and Flow That's Esoteric Bible Study for Love of Wisdom I am Danny Naki Dan And I am joined by my co-hosts today Morgan, what's up Morgan? What's up? What's up? Happy to be here. Excellent. And Nomad. What's up, Nomad? Hey, doing well. Good to see you guys. Excellent. And so uh, we're coming off the big Genesis 6 episode with Gary Wayne. We kind of went into books of Enoch about it uh, even before we had Gary Wayne on. Uh, I thought that Gary Wayne interview was a lot of fun, really interesting. I think there was a lot of uh, good questions asked, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it as well. Uh, but we got to move on. So let's get into Genesis 7. You guys ready to move on? You have any thoughts before we go, or are you guys just ready to jump into it? Let's nah, do I think it. we did a good job covering it. Uh, I'm ready Congrats, to move on. Congrats, team. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's go then. Do you want to read it or I can read it or Morgan, do you want to read it? Morgan says no. I can go. I got it pulled up here. All right. No, man. Let's get it. All right. Genesis 7, starting in verse 1. And Jehovah saith to Noah, Come in thou and all thy house unto the ark, for thee I have seen righteous before me in this generation. Of all the clean beasts thou dost take to thee seven pairs, a male and its female, and of the beasts which are not clean, two, a male and its female. Also of fowl of the heavens, seven pairs, a male and a female, to keep alive seed on the face of all the earth. For after other seven days I am sending rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and have wiped away all the substance that I have made from off the face of the ground. And Noah doth according to all that Jehovah hath commanded him. And Noah is a son of six hundred years, and the deluge of waters hath been upon the earth. And Noah goeth in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, unto the ark from the presence of the waters of the deluge. Of the clean beasts and of the beasts that are not clean, and of the fowl and of everything that is creeping upon the ground. Two by two they have come in unto Noah, unto the ark a male and a female, as God hath commanded Noah. And it cometh to pass after the seventh of the days that waters of the deluge have been on the earth, in the six hundredth year of the life of Noah, in the second month, in the seventeenth day of the month, in this day have been broken up all fountains of the great deep, and the network of the heavens hath been opened. And the shower is on the earth forty days and forty nights. In the self-same day went in Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them unto the ark. 
They and every living creature after its kind and every beast after its kind and every creeping thing on creeping on the earth after its kind and every fowl after its kind, every bird, every wing. And they come in unto Noah, unto the ark, two by two of all the flesh in which is a living spirit. And they that are coming in, male and female of all flesh, have come in as God hath commanded him, and Jehovah doth close it for him. And the deluge is forty days on the earth, and the waters multiply, and lift up the ark, and it is raised from off the earth. And the waters are mighty, and multiply exceedingly upon the earth. And the ark goeth on the face of the waters, and the waters have been very, very mighty on the earth. And covered are all the high mountains which are under the whole heavens. Fifteen cubits upwards have the waters become mighty, and the mountains are covered. And expire doth all flesh that is moving on the earth among fowl, and among cattle, and among beasts, and among all the teeming things which are teeming on the earth, and all mankind. All in whose nostrils is breath of a living spirit of all that is in the dry land have died, and wiped away all the substance that is on the face of the ground from man unto beast, unto creeping thing, and unto fowl of the heavens. Ye, they are wiped away from the earth, and only Noah is left, and those who are with him in the ark. And the waters are mighty on the earth a hundred and fifty days. Chapter 7. Excellent. Um, one thing I noticed is that like, all these chapters are about 25 to 27 lines. You think that was on purpose or, or just a divine will of God or it's funny it... you mentioned that because what stood out to me is that it seemed very repetitive. I don't know if you guys were picking up on that, but it seemed like mm -hmm. it was like saying almost the same thing over and over. Were they just trying to like fill in those 24 verses? Right. I yeah. Don't know. That's kind of how I felt about it too. And, and because, you know, when we've been reading these, we've been looking at them and going, oh, there's only like 25, 24, 26 lines. So let's just start reading it all at the beginning instead of, you know, breaking it apart. So I just... That's interesting. Plus, there's 50 chapters to Genesis. Uh, so I think that's also interesting. Uh, I was trying to look at the numbers that it was bringing up in these different places. Uh, how it said months, the second month of the 17th day. Like, so already they were telling time, right? They already had some form mm -hmm. of time calculation going on at the right. time of noah so i think i thought that was kind of interesting because usually you hear about like the romans and stuff arguing over how many days or months there's going to be and even in egypt like uh raw and both were arguing over a moon calendar and a sun calendar so it's like which one were they going by at this time um so it's kind of interesting I, i'd be curious if it mentioned like a 13th or 14th month or if it only ever goes up to like 10 or how many months are, are kind of mentioned different months are mentioned in the bible because it doesn't mention them by a name it mentions them by a number right so i thought that was kind of interesting right. also um what do you guys yeah i mean i wonder like in uh, verse 11 it says in the 600th year of the life of noah in the second month 
in the seventeenth day of the month. In this day have been broken up all fountains of the great deep, and the network of the heavens hath been opened. Does anything like uh, resonate with you guys when you hear second month in the seventeenth day? It's just very, very specific. And again, it's hard to know because like calendars and everything were probably totally different. Um, But I was just curious if like astrologically or anything, if that, if that uh, piqued your guys' interest at all. Yeah. But maybe not. That's okay. (laughs) I would think Morgan would know a great deal more than me astrologically. But the part that is right there is interesting. It, in this day have been broken up all the fountains of the great deep. So all the waters underneath broke up and the network of the heavens have yeah, opened up. So this yeah. not just the ground, but also the sky. So flooding not just from the top down, but from the bottom as well as the top. Right. And this was the first time, from what I understand, that we got what we would call rain, uh, I believe. Like before that, it was just sort of a mist. And like like you said, water was coming up from below. Yeah. Uh, but something happened that had to create more water to actually flood the earth, which is interesting. And what network. I'm I almost wonder in that if word, it's like, network too. <laughs> I know. Like, and this is the, the young literal translation for those who are curious. But yes, they use the word network. Uh, and let me see if I can compare here to see what other versions use. But that is a very specific Mindset. and odd word. Do you have something, Morgan? <clears throat> Mine says the sluices of heaven opened oh, up. The sluice. The sluice. The sluices. I don't even know what that word is. <laughs> sluices. It's like the like dance, a slice, right? like a slice of something, but a sluice. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know they div- they divided the sky. How do you spell? Or, that? No, they How haven't sp- divided the sky yet. I'm just kidding. Um, sp- what I was gonna say is. Chaldeans are the people that came from Zoroaster, whom is said to possibly be Noah, I don't know, um, were lunar worshipers. So they went from they went by a lunar calendar. All right. If that helps anything. How do you spell sluices? Yeah. S as in Sam. L as in Lima, U as in Uranus. Keep it going. I C E S. C E S. Oh. Okay. I wasn't even close <laughs> when I was typing it in. A sliding gate or other device for controlling the flow of water, especially one in a locked gate an act of rinsing or showering with water. So a sluice would be a sliding gate. So the sliding gates of heaven were unlocked. Interesting. Yeah. And it looks like uh, another word, like when I look up the Hebrew, it seems like it's saying Arubah, which is uh, windows or chimney. Arubah. Funny. Window or chimney. <laughs> Interesting. Lattice. Oh, yeah. There's that word sluice. Uh, so lattice, window, sluice. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely just seems like some sort of another word or that I saw. Smoke floodgates, escape. you know. Yeah. The floodgates, exactly. Yep. I've heard that. So it definitely seems like there's something that they opened and let water in. Um, and it's just crazy to like try to visualize what that might look like, right? Like No, is it it's just insane. Like, uh, is it like one <laughs> one floodgate and it's all the water like dispersed from there you know it's it's very interesting well i mean when it when it poured here really good and we got some torrential downpours and floods here in california just recently it was kind of like the floodgates had opened and rain was just coming down in in sheets you know rather than like in drops it was uh it was pretty crazy so i i could see how they how you could say like the floodgates were open that just if you're standing in it it's like upon you like it just all got let out at the same time so they might have you know i know it's like divinely written or whatever but at me to me it's like also a perception of what was happening at the time so they are perceiving all of this coming down from wherever they were located at right yeah and so when you when you guys visualize it do you visualize because i think in my head i sort of visualized the waters above being like above the other luminaries and above the other planets but perhaps they're just in their minds like perhaps the atmosphere shifted and something was changed where it did just start to rain and you know that's sort of how they were describing it this is a good question. Like in Forrest Gump. Mor- Morgan and I were talking about this earlier, but what about Forrest Gump? Where he's in Vietnam and he's like, and it kept raining and raining <laughs> and raining and raining. Like, I don't know. We were just talking about this earlier about like, <laughs> we we play this weird game, like what if dot, 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 and then come up with some crazy <laughs> But thing that you could make logical in your crazy head if you wanted to. Um, but about like say that like somebody was digging and like dug us up or like, you know, I I, I can't even remember, but I was like, could you imagine like peeping through the sky and like seeing somebody's hand just like <laughs> reach in or someone be like oh hey hello i found you and you being like <sighs> what do you what wtf or like how that would even happen you know like that would be insane i don't remember but talking what would that look like about that necessarily but i remember us talking about the waters below as far as like the staffs that were finding waters uh below in the ground and then like the salt water being like the water above and then the waters below being like the fresh waters uh because it, mm-hmm. it talks about that similarly in in the chapter one as like you know the fresh waters and the salt waters were separated so at this time it seemed like both of them came together instead of being separated see what i'm saying yes yeah, I kind of think that it's the waters above and the waters below are probably fresh water 
Mm-hmm. And the waters that are here is the salt water because it's like mixed with the earth. And so it's got those with minerals. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of how, and we're the salt of the earth. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I see it. It's like, yeah. I the think same. that the waters above and the waters below perhaps are primordial and are yes. the fresh waters. And that's really what gives us substance in life, right? Like you can pretty much live off of water. Substance. Substance is understanding. Thanks, Gabe. Nice. Right? Sub sub is below and stance is standing. So substance is right. understanding. Yep. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Love it. Uh I heard I heard Gabe. Out, Gabe. Yeah, I heard Gabe say that. So I stole that from him. But um but yeah, it's it's interesting to think, you know. Uh, a lot of people associate the waters above too to like the night sky or to the stars in the sky as the waters above uh because they show associate it with like the firmament and it says that god placed the firmament between the waters above and the waters below i believe so it's kind of like whatever the waters are outside of our earthly whatever uh planar bubble or however you want to figure it something above the earth um so uh, i i've often heard you know the milky way described as like a a lake or a sea or a river of the sky uh there's the iridanus uh aquarius has all kinds of water connotations to it celestially uh so there there is definitely connections like that to the sky uh but seemingly what do you when it talks about the waters coming down from heaven and the floodgates opening i don't know that there's any you know liquid in space or whatever space is so seemingly to me that means it's coming down from clouds in the sky right because then we bring rainbows after that he gave us rainbows so usually rainbows is because you can see some type of atmosphere which gives the presence of the lights shining on the green screen yeah i think there's a couple things it could be so there's there's references to like the three heavens right so perhaps there's a layer of water or liquid or something that is above what we know as the expanse uh, but still separating from the waters above or it could just be that we're all in this bubble, meaning the luminaries included. That's kind of what I haven't uh, figured out for sure yet. It, it more sounds to me like the luminaries, the sun, the moon, and everything are within the the word that I think is more appropriate versus firmament is expanse. Uh, I don't. I think that's like I think firmament is actually like a King James edition. I don't think that's really the original Hebrew. I think that's the word is more expanse. And to me, that is space. Like, that's what it is. It's like the atmosphere, right? Uh, and that's protecting us. We're in a bubble from the waters above and the atmosphere. waters below. Yeah. Hydrosphere. Maybe there was a hydrosphere or at one time. Atmosplane, depending yeah. on your computer. Maybe that's why we don't have one. Maybe that's why light comes in differently now than it did. I mean, who? I don't know. I mean, those are they're all... Right. Good questions to ask. Um, 
Well, like, first of all, like rain comes from like evaporation of surface water. So you'd have to have like a heating up of some sort of the surface water to cause enough vapor to cause condensation, which would cause precipitation, which would go back to an iceberg or snow mountain. And then that would run off into a stream. And then, you know, the process would be repeated again. So something had to have heated up quickly or um, a snow mountain literally just fell to the ground and made surface. Whatever you whatever type of mount, a glacier, whatever type of mountainous, uh, snowy, high elevated area. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, totally. I think of now, like, you know, this global warming stuff and how they say, like, if the icebergs melt and everything's going to flood, well, for the icebergs to melt, it has to heat up, right? So if if the icebergs were to melt, there would have to be a lot of heat. We're going through like these tremendous heat waves and things are hotter than they used to be. But then also in the colder climates, they're a lot more colder and more storms. So in a way, like maybe we're even seeing this now, like this is a pre-flood right right now that we're going through, you know? Uh, And so seemingly, I'm just saying to give an example, but you know, if if the glaciers were to melt, then the sea level would rise at the same time as all the heat and uh, vapor uh, would cause rain also. Is that true, though? Because if you have ice in a glass <laughs> and it's filled up to the top and the ice melts, even if yes. it's sticking above the top, it's not going to overflow because it's taking up the same surface level. No. So to me, that whole theory, I don't really understand. This seems like based on a common observation in their own science that that wouldn't be the case yeah there's like a i don't know if you guys have heard that or seen that yeah i know i i'm just telling you you how condensation works and how the water cycle works okay i agree with you there i agree with you there and i do think that there was something that changed our atmosphere i'm just there is something that is able to make that cloud happen because there's something very 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 important about clouds and the way that Mm -hmm. that works and the way that they're able to collect and the way that they're able to rain down and the way that clouds are used, not like the current, like eye clouds, even though it's a good analogy of or metaphor of how clouds are used in nature. It's a, it's not the same. (laughs) It's not what I'm talking about. Um, like literally the the use of clouds and the I think the formation of clouds is how is brought up here and I think that it is important especially no, longer agree. down yeah. the line I'm just talking about the melting of the glaciers as far as like the narrative goes uh for like global warming right like I'm all about saving the earth and taking care of the earth I just think that particular narrative is like a a weird one to push because it doesn't seem to make logical sense like worrying about the icebergs melting is is my whoa no man what 
What? You are like just, the most conscious person up there. I am shocked to hear you say that. Wow. Uh, to say what? Yeah. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going off of what I observe. Like, I think there's a lot bigger issues at play than melting glaciers. Like, we need to quit littering our earth would be the number one thing. Uh, like, all of these things, they distract us from the real issues is yeah. my point. It's so the like, biggest oh, money everybody freak out about yeah. the melting glaciers, and we got to tax your breath because the glaciers are melting. You it's money saying? laundering, brother. How about you just it quit is... littering and think about just... where you get your food and stuff from? If but... you can raise mountains from the ocean in China <laughs> out of nowhere and cause land to happen from garbage and whatever the fuck else they do over there in the ocean then I don't want to hear about, uh, do I need a straw at Starbucks? And then look at me like I'm a bad person because I say yes. And then I get it and it's made out of paper. So it's yeah. like, um, yeah, it is absolutely a huge money laundering scam. Well, that is kind of my point. Like, I, I think it's more important to use like a paper straw than to worry about the glaciers. <laughs> Not judging anyone okay. using plastic straws. I use plastic too. I'm just saying as a as a society, like we're not focusing as much like uh, there's like this Netflix thing where like uh, they were going through and doing all these things about how to save how far and they were like, well, yeah, that's part of it, right? But they're like, Nothing. we need to save the coral. But then they were like using a bunch of plastic to save the coral. I'm like, that's like so <laughs> counterproductive. You and have you these sponge divers. Like, yeah, but sponge yeah. divers are often uh, like useful when it comes to archaeology as well, because everything that seems to be like found that's hugely significant seems to be found by some random sponge diver so we can thank them for that right <laughs> i don't even know what's a sponge diver i'm not even familiar with that term bob they go, uh, they go in like <laughs> you know sponges exactly. are animals yeah those little yeah. things that you use they're animals not mm -hmm. all of them but some of them are fake but like actual real sponges that's what they use as a sponge to like Wipe down shit, you know. Totally. That's <laughs> not vegan. But for the record, I, I I just was using that as an example. Uh, I didn't. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, need I to get into like a whole. I just wanted to put that right. disclaimer out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's important to me because we're talking about Genesis. We're talking about right. God's perfect plan, like how to live. We're supposed to be stewards of the earth, right? And so if we're distracted by like, oh, there's, you know, there's all this carbon talk and all of these melting glaciers, but like, just think about your decisions and, and how to, how to get things like, just get things from people, you know, that are close. Like that's one small, easy step to help make a better earth instead of having to ship everything, right? If you can just know somebody who's making your product closer that's going to help the community and it's going to help the earth because you're not using a bunch of jet fuel to ship everything <laughs> around. You know, it's just like little decisions yeah. that can help uh, us all live better. Like if you go to the beach, like make sure you bring everything back and don't leave trash, right? Don't litter. It's like very simple things, but we're all like, oh, if as long as I'm paying my carbon tax, I don't have to worry about all that. You know, <laughs> that's like what they want. But what the fuck is carbon tax? You're going to tax oh, that's gonna be the new alive? Thing. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> Your carbon footprint, you're going to get taxed for how big your carbon footprint is. That's like the whole thing right now. 
Yeah. We're in the Lorax. You know where they have O'Hare air <laughs> and they literally charge people to blow up air in Dr. Seuss's Lorax. They charge people for air. We're getting yeah. you ready. Yeah. We're going to charge people for water too pretty soon also. Uh, water's going to be a hot commodity. They already do. Uh, we pay but, water. But not to shower. Yeah, I guess you're right. But more. You're going to pay more. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be able to buy the air above you. And not access your springs because they're poisoned because someone poisoned the someone poisoned the water hole. Um, but the water has rose 400 feet. So what I'm thinking that you're saying, Nomad, is that even if the glaciers melt, there wouldn't be a rise in water. Uh, right. But at some point, they rose 400 feet. So... Technically, mm-hmm. if the earth contains all the water that it's ever going to be able to contain, uh, how did they re- re- raise 400 feet? Or why was there a flood like this? Yeah, I because think there fell. is fluctuating water levels. And I don't know why. Like, like, I don't, maybe it is glaciers, right? But that, the, that doesn't make sense just based off observations. What we do know is that it seems like water was always rising from below, right? And so, it is very possible that there are these systems like the ebbs and flow, right? And it's like a fluctuating thing. Um, and, and to me, that like makes sense. And we don't necessarily need that to be, because we see cycles like this throughout time. The scientists even say that. And so I don't think it has to do with necessarily us like warming up the planet as much as it's just the ebbs and flow of, of this world. But that does bring up a question that. that I was going to ask that does bring a question up that I was going to ask. Do you, did the floodgates ever close? I, and I should know this, but I don't know if I've ever, I can't remember a specific oh. verse or did it say that in here? Yeah. Hit the line, rainbow, babe. Um, Hit the line. Oh, okay. Well, what, what line? You, you always <laughs> say that they closed the gates behind Noah, right? God closed the gates behind oh them. God. So the floodgates. No, though, he right? closed the door behind Noah. Well, I mean, door, gate, window, sluices. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> the the sluices opened, so the gates opened before. Oh no! If he closed it behind him, then that means he stopped the. That's waters. what I'm saying. I don't know. If oh the no, 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 no! Oh no! God, Yahweh closed the door behind Noah. So he the sluices opened, and then yada yada. All we've already gone over this that which in rep, in which in itself repeats itself five hundred times. Uh, there went a male and female of every creature that is flesh, just as God had ordered him, and Yahweh closed the door behind Noah. Then it moves on to the flood. The flood lasted forty days on earth. The water swelled, lifting the ark. So I, I'm assuming that the gates of heaven opened and then closed. Yeah, it seems implied just based on the fact that the flood stopped, right? Uh, but I was just wondering if it ever actually like said anything about it. Uh, well, the flood didn't start till after he closed the door behind Noah. Oh. For the ark, though, I'm not I'm not I'm talking about the expanse, right? Oh, the sluice, the window, the floodgate. Did the floodgate close? Or are we still getting water, a, dri- a drizzle from that somehow? 
No. It's also like I'm I'm trying to think about the, the no like, why. in my interpretation, and that's just like you know where everybody's got one, but um, is that the sluices of heaven opened? It rained for forty days and forty nights, and then Yahweh closed the door behind Noah. But then it said the flood lasted for forty days. So then the flood subsides. So so you know how Genesis is ge- gone, Genesis. Um, and it'll say something very matter of factly, and then it'll go into detail like later on, or like maybe mm-hmm. even the next paragraph. So it says the um the the sluices of heaven were opened. It rained on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and then after that, and so there went and like. And then Yahweh closed the door. And then it gets into the actual flood afterwards. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it ever says it, it did, but it, I mean, I guess it does kind of make sense. It is maybe implied. Yeah, it said if in the, the flood it was stopped, in the six. Maybe it was. Hold on. Um, in the 600. In the 600. And first year of Noah's life, in the first month, and on the first month, that the water dried up from the earth. So that's when the, I'm going to assume, sluices of heaven were closed. <laughs> yeah. So there's what no do you water. Go- when Eve died. <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, do you think there was something that changed in the atmosphere or within this whole process that actually created the rainbow? Like, I wonder what that was you know what i mean like maybe god just made it maybe it was a totally new thing but i almost wonder if it was like some a byproduct of more water or more light being let in or something like that i always wonder why like ancient people wore so little clothes but then in the middle ages they wore so many clothes (laughs) right like, well, I've always, I've always hypothesized it was all that tropical. Much? I think it was, I think it was all tropical, like perfect weather before the deluge. That's, <laughs> that's kind yeah, of been my yeah. theory. But I guess then that gets like, was it like that I never after the garden? It. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because there are lots of examples, like in the Pacific Northwest. I probably mentioned this, but we found my dad found uh like palm leaf fossils like on the top of mountains yeah um well, yeah so the paradise yeah and that's pretty common so yeah if, because if the every whole world was like that like yeah sorry i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead that every tropical point. place has once been a desert and every desert has once been a tropical place um yeah it's ebbs and flows yeah it's through the <laughs> Yeah. procession of the equinoxes i'm pretty sure that or no it's because we fell and then we fell again so we fell when we ate the apple and then we fell again when we we made it or yes, whom it made it with so this this is the second time we've fallen so it said in Enoch, which I'm going to reference, although it's not, it's non-canonical, 
one of the major things that stuck out with me was to watch the seasons because that is like a foretelling of like a fall coming, like something wobbling or something changing or, you know, something big happening, (laughs) some bigs happening. (laughs) And so like that is all about weather and seasons and like how it's all about weather and then you get the cloud. So then therefore more weather. And so I'm going to assume thunder and lightning, you know, which is huge. And if imagine if you've never been in a thunderstorm and you're in a thunderstorm and you hear that and you see that, yeah. You know what I mean? Do you guys do you guys think there was fire before? Yeah. yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. Just a random thought I had. Perhaps <sighs> there was no need for fire. Perhaps there wasn't fire and it was just always, you know, warm. Pick the fruit off the tree, no need to cook stuff. Oh, I think it's a turn mean. of the tables. And then because we and then we get the story of Prometheus, right? And right. he brings yeah. down the fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then that is used on a lot of destruction. The earth starts burning and, you Uh know, people raid. And I don't know. It's just a random thought I had, but I think there might be something there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fallen angels brought fire with them as a technology. Right. Or lightning. Right. And then that that created fire. uh, And lightning is often uh, depicted as like Lucifer. I think though with, yeah, that's true too. But with Perseus, it's more of like the, man being able to contain it whereas like thunder and lightning it's coming from the sky they have no way to like secure it or like harness it or to like use it you know they have they would just have manufacture to, like, it wait to yeah create it you know and how do we get fire now you know gas and a spark you know there had to have been some type of thing where they were able to figure out how to use it i think the knowledge of creating fire is what he brought to them now is that just because that's sort of how we've been told it or is that actually the story you know what i'm saying or is it actually like he brought the fire you know what i mean i think he brought the fire with him by teaching men how to write because i think if there was fire here we would have figured out how to use it like yeah we've already had trial by fire that's how we have fire like we've it's like like are they gonna be under trial by fire or trial by flood. I think it's a flip or flop, but I think that Prometheus brought the fire with him by bringing men the ability to read, write, and ultimately uh, pin their own demise. You know what I'm saying? By like all of this craziness by writing. I mean, by writing? We watched how Cleve can turn from like, cleave to cleave you know just one word can flip-flop from all the way down so well, it's I not mean, all of our words are like that like like a lot of them. like earn you know earn you gotta earn your living but also that's what you put in your the yeah. dead ashes uh, <laughs> uh, you know what i'm saying yeah you can't uh, take it with you but by yeah. god we can put you in it <laughs> exactly uh i was uh, i was thinking of like the olympics and greek fire and how they would keep that same fire burning and there's also like a ceremony where 
they keep that fire burning and pass the torch and it's like an eternal fire so in that sense yeah. like bringing down that type of thing where you could use it or contain it or keep it going as for use you know like even with like torches and things of that nature like you can't just sit out and wait with like a, a log for lightning to hit it you have to be able to contain it somehow or know how to start it or know like the chemical compounds to create a fire i think that's what that knowledge was so fire could have been around before in the sense of thunder and lightning and causing fire from the gods but only the gods had the power of to bring fire down to earth at that time then man was able to figure out how to contain it in some form or fashion yeah, well, it's interesting that you bring up the correlation of because that is sort of the symbol for Lucifer, like the torchbearer, uh, and that is what is used with the Olympics. And is there a more sus uh, ritual than the Olympic <laughs> pregame or whatever they call it? The Olympic, yeah, uh, yeah the there is a more use? sus. Like, there is actually. I, well, I'm sure there is. But that's up there. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. know. I'm afraid of what you might bring up. But <laughs> if if, if, if you me. haven't looked up. If you haven't looked up the uh, Olympic uh, like <laughs> ceremonies they do, check it out because it's it's crazy. They they show a lot of crazy demonic looking stuff. Anyways, you crack me up, Nomad. You really do. You make me laugh. I was gonna show you guys the card for <laughs> <laughs> the Three of Pentacles in my new Modest Mouse tarot. You that guys bring up. Enough. You guys bring up you guys bring up the torch bear, you know, and I think of like Lady Liberty. So, ah, exactly, yeah. Also created by the Freemasons. The, yeah, the French. And what is so, this? It's the Three of Pentacles. It's the torch bear or Lady Liberty. The Three of Pents. It's so it's an earthly material pentacles. Three pence, um, none the richer. So <laughs> mastery and work, artistry, you know, satisfaction. And I think it's funny that it's, you know, a female that. Yeah. And what color is it? Triangle blue. Kind of that bluish green, same as the, uh, as Lady Liberty. And also that's like the same color that all of these ancient deities like Shiva and Osiris and all of these characters were depicted as that same color. Isn't it funny? I was just telling uh, Daniel this, that like, you know, how Greek um, are or Greek statues or like Greek home decor is back in right now and how all of this is like resurfacing around as like art or whatever. And I'm like, it's funny though because they're all alabaster white. Yet back in the day, these were very tackily, like just now. I wouldn't say they were very, they were painted in a very tacky manner. Kind of like they old country just, homes. Um, yeah, it's not my style. <laughs> kind of like, um, like you know how you see Greek like carpet. some Greek stuff, like what. <laughs> old country homes and how they have like green carpet and like weird colored walls and 
The, oh no, I'm yeah. so down with the freaking <laughs> oh, weird uh wallpapered walls with the matching uh bed sheets with the bat matching shams. Oh my god, and the matching window curtains. Yes. Okay. Uh barn life. Country chic. <laughs> <laughs> Arm chic. <laughs> um yeah. Uh the other interesting thing i noticed uh was the number 40 40 days 40 nights also that's like the exodus to 40 days 40 nights it's uh, always there's 40, 40 jonah in the whale 40 right? years wandering in the desert too right uh 40 there's seems to be a significant number to 40 and 40 is the number of oh yeah enki and yeah marduk and Nabu, which Nabu is basically like a pagan version, or well, not even pagan version because it's still pagan, but of Hermes and uh, and um, I'm typing, sorry, but so in Sumerian myths, Enki's number was 40. The number was used to link the mist, etc., to Enki and not to the queen of Lemuria, since it was Enki who was creating the mist, etc. An example of this can be found in the attestation by Endubsar, a translated. Who is the queen by, of Lemuria? I don't know where this is yeah. actually coming from. Uh, but this is from is Bra Makumarai. Um, so that's like a weird source. Just from Wikipedia, it says. Do you guys? You would sometimes refer. Do you guys to know if by the oh, numeric sorry. ideogram for forty, occasionally referred to as his sacred number, the planet Mercury associated with Babylonian Nabu, who is the son of Marduk, was in Sumerian times identified with Enki. So, seems like even Marduk and Nabu and Enki all carried the number forty. As if it was like their kind of family line, uh, their number, because Enlil was considered 50 and Ani was considered 60, and 60 was the high, the most high. Okay, so one holy of holies, one lord of spirits, and then the lord of whoever's the king, whoever's reigning, basically the hierarchy. Okay. Go ahead. What were you saying, Nomad? Do either of you guys know? I think <clears> I've heard somewhere that there were like these, there was like the Atlanteans and then the Lumerians. Yes. And they were sort of uh, like viewpoints. Yeah. And do you know which ones were more of the, was it the Lumerians that were more spiritual, allegedly, or was it like the Atlanteans? Yeah, the Atlanteans were more Daniel. the warriors. Lumerians were more spiritual and Atlanteans were more materialistic. Okay. Yeah. So That's you would say Lumerians were more native, more of natural order of natural law, and the Atlanteans were of human law. Technology. Yeah, like Lumerians Te trying to be more closer to God's plan versus like creating their own system, mm -hmm. perhaps. Yes. Yeah. What sucks though is when you think that like you're like 
taught and you really believe that society like going to work and like laboring and slave laboring all day and like getting your soul sucked out of you is like natural law yeah exactly Not natural yeah New Atlantis, and that's what they're trying to make. You know, what New I'm saying? Atlantis. Yes, it's not new though. It, it, well, right. It's the, repack- just to, like New yeah. Age spirituality it, is not new. It's it's like it's a packaged, remake. It's packaged <laughs> into bad remake. It's packaged into shiny new packaging, and people are buying it. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do. I need to do more research on Lemuria. I find that a uh, very fascinating topic, and it probably wait. Does what does it say, Lamont Monaya? Lemuri, Lemuri is a continent continent proposed in 1864 by zoologist Philip Sclater. Theorized to have sunk beneath the Indian Ocean, later appropriated by occultists in supposed accounts of human origin. The theory was discredited with the discovery of plate tectonics and continental drift. Yeah, 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 okay. Sure. They found so many things. Hold on, you don't believe in plate tectonics? No, they're saying that like the theory of Lemuria was uh, discredited. Uh, I I disagree. I think it oh, that was a real a real thing, a real place that things can't sink. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have no evidence, but I feel like it probably is. <laughs> well, I, you don't think Lemuria existed? It just was a figment of someone's imagination. No, that's not what I'm saying. I I just think it's interesting. Well, because theoretically, like most people have a hard time wrapping their minds around Atlantis being real. So Lemuria was like an, like a secondary, like Atlantis or type of thing, you know, not, not same culturally, but same as like uh, a, a big giant continent that existed or something like that, that got wiped out uh, yeah. many, many, many thousands of years ago, supposedly. So uh, I, I think it's interesting that you, you would, Accept that as like something that might be a possibility. That's all. Just and considering the source, I haven't looked into it as much as I should, and it's been a while. But I do. I I remember hearing something about it being close to Hawaii, and Mm -hmm. I know that Hawaii's history was very much natural. Like that was their thing. They were all about like the natural law and being closer to nature. Um, and so, and there's tons of islands that are now underwater, right? And so, and so I think there is this like ancient wisdom and ancient knowledge around here that came from somewhere. I think there have been a lot of uh, people who have found these like ancient sites underwater. So I think there is something to it. And I think they wouldn't want us to know about it if they want us focused on Atlantis and how to bring Atlantis back. They don't want us uh, to know about our history with Lemuria. Hiding the and this is all especially really how- materialism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my theory on it. I don't have a ton of proof. I I try to balance my spiritual inclinings and my gut with what I can research. And I think there is a thread there, but I haven't proven it. I'm just throwing it out there so people can look into it more if they're interested. But it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I think it's a cool concept. I like to ponder on it. Uh, Whether or not it's real or not, I don't know. There is evidences for lands existing, like we talked about. The waters rose 
400 feet from this flood so who knows what had existed before that noah was 500 or something and something when the flood happened so there's 500 and something years before his existence what was going on there uh so you know i think you know in some respects there could have been civilizations that existed uh whether or not it was actually called lumeria or by another name is debatable where right. where its exact location was was debatable but i'm sure i think there was like when the norse talk about the nine realms i think that was because there was nine continents at one point and now there's only seven and so two of the continents have been lost and yes each realm was like a different type of people there a different culture there and that was considered a realm and so I think that's kind of what it was referring to, but that's just kind of my own, right? My own, uh, and if those, yeah, if those people were more close to nature and doing things more spiritually and perhaps like more nomadic and less uh, established and creating these great cities, you're not going to have as much of that like archaeological uh, remains that we see with things like Atlantis, right? So again, it's it's harder to sort of prove that kind of story versus the atlantis one um and that's another reason why we might not hear as much about it well yeah they even looked at like uh how long it takes for like metals or plastics or any of these things to decompose and you know if we're going back thousands of years to try to look for these things we're not going to find them they're already gone that's why we always just find clay pottery because that seems to survive because it's made of the earth but anything that's not and made of the earth wouldn't really survive through uh yes what's not time periods and these ancient stone megaliths right like those are still around today and perhaps that is the, the atlantis uh perhaps made from the earth but still very much like different than like a nomadic tribe that's living off of like huts right yeah. and like no i'm saying Sure. there's an actual like element that is not made from the earth so you can tell when it's been like um you like titanium oxide is a way that they can like <clears throat> another way to spectral like class like to put stars in a spectral classification system i just thought that was interesting well, can i tell you guys a little story yes please okay I don't know if you guys have heard of the Marshall Islands or the officially the Republic of the Marshall Islands. Um, they're called the Aro, A O R O K I N. That's how the Marshallese say it. Um, I wanted to, I never heard of the Marshall Islands, but. Uh, in 1991, um, well, I'm just kidding. In 1965, the U.S. government conformed the Congress of Micronesia in a plan for uh, increased self-governance of Pacific Islands. And in May 1979, provided independence to the Marshall Islands, whose constitution and president, Amata Kabua, were formally recognized by the U.S sovereignty or self-government was achieved in a compact of free association with the U.S. Marshall Islands has been a member of the community, blah, 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 
Okay. Um, I was going to tell you guys. Okay. So in 1990, oh, that's because uh, in the, uh, wo- during World War II, the United States took control of the islands in the Gilbert and Marshall Islands campaign in 1944, and nuclear testing began on Bikini Atoll in 1946 and concluded in 1958. Afterwards, the U.S. government formed the Congress of Micronesia in 1965 and so forth and so on, what I was just saying. But what I was going to say is, is if you take a look at how a toll works, and if you just look it up, or like if you could pull it up and like look up a toll definitely, like, the definition of a coral atolls and then just even pull up a picture diagram and you want to pull it up. Um, it is how islands will literally form out of nowhere or sink out of nowhere. So in case people are wondering how you can become like a blip on the face of the earth, that's exactly how, how. it's called atoll. Uh, is that spelled? How do you spell that? A T O L L. A T O L L. Mhm. And it's coral atoll. Well, yeah, it's a ring shape, including a coral rim that encircles a lagoon, partially or completely. Okay, and uh, so what are you saying about them? They just appear out of out of nowhere? Or is it well, from like volcanoes? Yes. Yes, okay. By magma, by um, sunbursts or like uh, eruptions of volcanoes or um, there's multiple different ways of formation. Uh, underwater volcanoes called seamounts. First, a volcano erupts piling up lava on the seafloor as the volcano continues to erupt the seamount's elevation grows higher eventually breaking the surface of the water the top of the volcano becomes an oceanic island so that's how um that is how literally island that's how land comes out of nowhere is with underwater volcanoes so like sand you could even like sand blast like or like direct certain activity if you knew how to control the weather above don't you think you would know how to i don't know i maybe i'm reaching here but yeah that's how you form land out of nowhere is a toll but i think it's also funny how it's like called an atoll like a toll like a payment mm-hmm. uh an atoll to uh atolls uh short for like atlantis or atoll atoll oh yeah it was like a type of yeah a type of uh spear thing that they would use um uh, so like the atoll um was kind of interesting at there was a place, uh, supposed place, kind of like Lemuria and Atlantis. But the, in America, which was like the western kind of half of America, that was called At- Atsland. Uh, so Atsland, um, 
also with the atoll. So, mm -hmm. uh, but but so maybe it has to do with Atlantis, uh, and maybe that's why it's called atoll. Maybe it's like atoll. Maybe that's how you say it, like yeah. atoll, not a atoll. But uh, you know, um, this is speaking of phonetics. This is totally random and a reach, but it is interesting to me that they're trying to create the new Atlantis, and everything nowadays is at something, right? The the at sign, Atrix. yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, yeah, the at sign, yeah, yeah. So it's at Dananaki Dan, at Nomad, at you know what I mean, Atlantis. <laughs> that's your handle man your At handle is your app sign yeah atlantis yeah. Can i have your this book handler. are you are you reading I'm this or something new atlantis you you referenced <laughs> no. it a few times tonight no, i'm I reading just, it so maybe I'm that's feeling why it in I'm, the ether yeah i'm <laughs> reading it that. bro i'm reading it through you yeah gary wayne yeah. also talks about the new atlantis that's part of like what he talks about is like the the fallen angels rising up to create the new atlantis because they were the atlanteans uh, oh hold on bring hold back on. atlantis and, and through this technocracy and all this other stuff right xenobots and as in the days of, of noah right yeah. yep so it's just basically a story okay you know and it tells you uh it starts as we sailed from Peru, blah, 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 blah. Then it says that they, uh, in which a scroll were written in ancient Hebrew and in ancient Greek and in good Latin of the school and in Spanish, these words, land ye not none of you and provide to be gone from this coast within 16 days except you have further time given you. But didn't it just say something about 17 days, how Noah was only... Yeah. So I just... But I, I have month. this theory about Francis Bacon being like having a hand in authorship of parts of the, you know, apocryphal... Mm -hmm. I'm not calling Genesis. I'm just saying in some text transcribed is all I'm saying. So Wasn't it's the theories just, that he was involved with the King James version or something. Or am I? Oh, just, well, yeah, I wouldn't doubt yes. that because in his biographical note, honestly, at the very front, it says because he is only known. I mean, he's not a well-known, known, known author. If you know what I'm saying? Like he only did, uh, two um essays ever in his life and then advanced and up to that's william shakespeare <laughs> um <laughs> so uh yeah so tomato, tomato. then he then he rose up to be like the editor for the queen's queen elizabeth so mm. yeah um yeah it Yeah, he didn't mm -hmm. like the di he disliked the philosophy of Aristotle, and yeah. Anyway, so I don't remember what I was trying to get out with that. Oh, basically, that he only did two different like known works in his life, which were uh, the Colors of Good and Evil and the Advancement of Learning. 
But in this book, uh, the advancement of learning is quite, uh, it's quite alarming. But in Novum Organum, it, it basically tells you how to take a part of body and, and what happens like after each like part of decay and how it decays and just how to like exhume a body basically. Wow. You, you then were you have well, new speaking, Atlantis. Speaking of exhuming bodies, I wanted to ask you guys about this uh, verse, Genesis 7 verse uh, 15. And they come in unto Noah, unto the ark, two by two of all the flesh in which is a living spirit. So what do you guys think about that? Does that mean that animals have a living spirit and are yes. conscious beings? I think so, yeah. yes. Okay. I think plants. Yeah, plants I know they do. Too. I think plants have consciousness also. I think everything has consciousness except for inanimate objects, created objects. But we make, we give them life. We can. Like a homunculus. <laughs> Do you have it? Um, is there anything that makes you, um, I guess, so? is that just like an inclining that you have? Like uh, that you think that plants are conscious and have like a living spirit? Or is it just, have you heard that somewhere the, in mythology? I'm, I'm just yeah, curious. there was a, there was an That's experiment. There's an experiment that they did with plants. And uh, it, it was in this book by David Wilcock called The Source Code. And this is where I first read it, but I've heard other people talk about it before. But basically, they took a plant, put it in a this guy. I forget the guy's name. Uh, I think it's the same guy who invented the lie detector test, whatever his name was. And he uh, hooked up like a plant to a lie detector test, basically. And what he was doing is he was like thinking about cutting the plant. And the plant didn't have it didn't do anything but he put a faraday cage around it and then he hooked it up and when he thought about going and getting the scissors the grass started to go like up and down like the plant was scared uh so it, it sensed like that he was gonna cut it so it almost has like a consciousness in that way um, then there's other experiments where they have taken plants and put them in rooms with music and they they will depending upon the music they will grow uh bigger uh with certain types of music and also with negative type of music they'll die fast uh there's totally, also that yeah. that's that uh that one doctor who did the water crystals and wrote nice words mm -hmm. and wrote bad words and yeah and uh you know the the crystals of the water formed in beautiful patterns so even that had like uh to me a consciousness to it right if it's forming based on what is around it it's 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 creating a pattern based on what the information it's taking in so i think that's kind of what consciousness is in a way is we are forming patterns in our brain based on what we're taking in so our, our consciousness our self-reflection everything takes place in the head so uh i think in a way yeah i think plants do have like some type of thought process or consciousness to them i think that they could definitely i think there's definitely evidence that they react to different sounds different environments you know how we interact with them I don't know if to me that's enough to prove it has a living spirit, but 
uh, I definitely agree that it it does. Uh, it could for sure. I just don't know if I've ever actually. I'm just now thinking about this. I don't know if I've ever actually like read anything that is really definitely enough for me to believe that. You know what I mean? Anything sure. that least, has yeah. right. water wouldn't you say retain spirit? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say is alive? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if water. I agree with that. Water is a spirit. I think water, water is a vessel. Or and carbon. I think water... well, that's why they use holy water. What is holy water? Spirit water, and dude. Some oils <laughs> come off of plants, you know? Uh-huh. So there's that aspect. Sap, sap I'm is just like saying. Blood. I'm just saying in that. Um, I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Or woman's advocate here. <laughs> uh, Eve's advocate here. Uh <laughs> I like that. You, you know, like she touches, you know, nature in the wrong, comes back up. So, like, in that. Wait, what'd you say? She touches nature in what? Nature in the raw and comes back up backwards, as how I kind of view Eve's little journey her into descent. You know, like she just kind of like Cain when uh, he kills Abel and his blood screams from he his blood spreads into the soil and then comes back up and that's how God knew that his blood was screaming because of the be I, I would say because of the either the relationship with um uh, the 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 feminine aspect that we're not privy to yet or because of the he's got a means of a way of you know communicating with Eve or like somehow or some some way I think that that's the way that that happens but yeah anyway back to the <laughs> sorry about my um tangent a no, it's on that I that's say, just kind of like a saying that we have touch the, say, the nerves of nature in the role i would say that like also in uh like a lot of celtic mythology and paganism <laughs> they also talk about plants and nature having spirits or um, you know, like you can become a tree or um, some type of plant or whatnot. Um, they all they treat the way they treat plants and nature is it's like it has a spirit or a consciousness. They ask its permission, you know. They talk to it. They like let it know that it's going to take it. They ask for it. Even like in kind of new agey stuff, they you you're supposed to talk to nature to ask it for its permission. So. If you're asking it for permission to take it or cut it or remove it from its location, it's almost like it has some type of consciousness to respond back to you and let you know if it if you're allowed to or not in that way. So yeah, and and how do they know if it responds? <laughs> how do they know if it says yes or not? Uh, well, go hang out with Roman some more and ask him and talk to him about it because he seems to know think, he talks to plants I mean, all the time showing, showing <laughs> gratitude plants, showing gratitude you know, and, for yes, a good yes. crop or like 100%. saying thank you or totally. like totally acknowledging 
appreciation where appreciation is due when it's due because literally that's all is asked of us, you know, um, as people. So I think that that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that is the, that is the important part of it. Uh, but to me, I'm not like, I do that too. Like I, I try to, I like talk to my plants. I'm like, thankful. Thank you for this, you know, but I don't like expect, like, I don't wait for a yes or no. I don't feel like I'm having an actual like cognitive dis- uh, conversation versus if I am with an animal, the, I do. do you I speak totally plant? get that with an animal. Do you speak plant language? No, I don't. And there, <laughs> but again, this is where you have to you have to have a stretch, right? You have to like you're kind of stretching at that point. Like, okay, yeah, you I are. Don't, I yeah. don't speak plant, but I don't have any proof of speaking oh. plants necessarily, even though there is. Or like, I don't have you know, tones that. and things. Yeah, and produce. I don't prove my tarot deck works, but I believe that it does. You know what I mean? Like back to well, tell you that that's it the does. other part though, because I do think that plants can help you uh interact with other spirits. And then perhaps that is where you get that sort of um that uh thread of like, oh, is this the plant or is it the plant that's it's allowing like me catalyst. to talk to a spirit? Yeah, or more of a catalyst. Like an, or like, oh, okay, oh, so this is a good time to bring this up. Uh, like the we're we're going through the constellations, you know, and I am in the heavenly bodies, right? So we're uh going through like the bright stars in the sky, and we've reached the dogs. But furthermore, we went through cannabis. And like the spirituality connected to that star and those people, like from when that star came into fruition to, you know, arise or whatever, or like even like the spiritual connection of like that herb to that spirit is insane. It is like absolutely crazy once you like read into it. But so I see what you're where you're getting at as like maybe like a burning incense type of thing, like a, a conduit for a to be tied to a spirit or some how whatever a conduit to talk to the god or whomever. You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah, I think right. plants can help sort of um they facilitate. they allow us to traverse the spiritual world. Yeah. yeah. They facilitate <laughs> their yeah. Um versus them actually themselves holding a living spirit. And I think I'm really just now kind of talking this through, but it just happens to resonate with me as a vegan, right? Like I don't I have a hard time eating animals because I can clearly see that they're living spirits, in my opinion. I don't feel that with plants. Potatoes um, have eyes. Have just, my yeah. friend, yes, they Potatoes can. <laughs> they can see you and they can hear you, and they, they you. have different. I mean, they really do, and they they um, it's it's through a different vibrational field, but mm-hmm. plants most definitely have senses as well, well as. I agree. I agree, but we can do that with with robots, right? Like we can program them to respond in certain ways, but that doesn't mean they have a living spirit within them. And so that's kind of that's just I think as I'm talking this out. Yeah, exactly. It's not (laughs) it's not gone full homunculus. I I see I see what you're saying about like a consciousness in plants and in that respect to compare it to like humans. I think it's lesser than a human's consciousness is more simplistic. It's not as complex. 
but I think it's a, a consciousness nonetheless. You know what I mean? Okay. I think the yeah. the spirit of nature is what has been absolutely disregarded, and that is where we as human beings have gone wrong. Now, if it's because we eat a salad, absolutely not. If it's because we have totally perverted natural law, absolutely yes. Um, now, does eating is does they do they correlate? Probably not, but somewhere along the line, the nature has been totally disregarded, uh, the natural for that way for, uh, to make way for animals and us being animals as well. Like we've totally discarded that spirit of nature. So therefore that's how we become a blot on in time like we get blotted out of time basically yeah i i I hear what you're saying like and and also like when you think about living with nature or being more in tune to nature is you're like tuning your consciousness into these plants too so it's kind of like a a back and forth dialogue with with you and nature and, and that's why you're asking uh, and and maybe because we've been taken out of nature into society and into uh, culture and whatnot, we've lost that connection to plants. It doesn't mean that plants are not connected to the spirit realm. Seems like a lot of like uh, the spiritual stuff is all connected with nature. So why wouldn't nature also have some type of spiritual? Uh, uh, je ne sais quoi to it. <laughs> How do you say it? It does. And just yeah. as if, like, you know, the worst part about it is, is like we have been convinced and deceived ourselves and like t- 100%. I don't even like know fully what natural law 1000% would mm-hmm. look like. Yeah. But uh, into thinking that we, are following natural law when actually we are straying the furthest away from natural law as possible in the name of convenience or ignorance. I don't know. So at that point, I would say ignorance is not bliss. (laughs) Fair enough. Way to prove that one wrong. Well, you know how we always are like, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I know. I say it a lot. Yeah. hmm. (laughs) Shut me down. Well, blow me down. It's just so, no, it's, I shut myself down. I'm calling myself out because I totally today said that ignorance is bliss. (laughs) And now that I can finally prove one that's not, I'm, I'm, I'm noting it. (laughs) All right. Fair. Fair. Um. Yeah. All right. What um? What else we got in here? There was something that uh, it was talking about. Let's see. It's right here in Genesis seven verse twenty three. It says, "And wiped away is all the substance that is on the face of the ground, from man unto beast, unto creeping thing, and unto fowl of the heavens." 
ye they are wiped away from the earth, and only Noah is left, and those who are with him in the ark. And the waters are mighty on the earth a hundred and fifty days. Um, all of this terminology <laughs> seems to be talking about on the earth and the face of the earth. And so I do wonder if perhaps what was in the earth was was not necessarily Nephilim. destroyed. No, that's how that Nephilim that is how survived. you skip the code. That's how you trip the light. Uh that's <laughs> how you literally that's the cheat code. To the game is you go underground like so you can't brothers. be seen and then yep. the way in word <laughs> magic is a way that you can be heard but not in a way that is this <laughs> you know that makes you look bad um yeah, there it is again. For after other seven days, I'm sending rain on earth 40 days and 40 nights and have wiped away all the substance that I've made from off the face of the ground. So anything yeah. that he's made, he wipes away. So I'm under the impression that he's aware of the creepy crawly covenant on Mount Hermon. I'm a, I think that he's fully aware of all of what has come to be. And so when he says he wipes away everything he's made, I, I truly think everything was wiped out according to the word of God. It does say there's Nephilim on the earth in those days and after. So if they did go underground, right. they did survive. Yeah. And that's just one theory. Or like if they suspended themselves into space. Spaces. Oh. <laughs> yeah or like gary was saying it could be a second a, it could be a second incursion meaning they fell again well and they came into yeah you know mankind again i think maybe the it's next chapter is question. when he sends out the birds and sends offerings up and then they come down and eat it right or god comes down to eat his offering and then uh then he's allowed to leave um but we'll get to that when we get to that but what do you think about this two by two thing male and female uh two by two filling up the ark uh do you think he was actually able to get two and two uh because it does say he doesn't get like any of the animals from the water and the birds because they can fly birds can fly and well, uh, i think it did mention birds it says every fowl he does get the after its oh, every kind fowl. every bird and uh, the birds wing. of heaven. Okay. The animals, reptiles, me, and the birds of heaven. He got the reptiles but, too. So yeah, those oh. come from the water. What's weird to me though is that it talks about seven of the clean animals and they're going in two by two. How does that work? <laughs> well, because they have seven unclean as well. But how does se you don't, seven clean. doesn't divide by two, right? Sure, it's 14. It does by 14. Seven okay. times. Okay, I see what you're two saying. Two by two, seven, okay. seven unclean animals, male and female, so 14. Seven, so you're saying seven of each. Okay. That makes like, so you yeah, so I assume that to me. You have a goat as a male and a female. And then then you, you have an unclean male and female pig, unclean male and female goat. That's how okay, I take that. that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Seven, seven pairs. So you take yeah. it as like fours, unclean, two unclean, and two clean ones. 
I thought it was meaning meaning like pigs that were are unclean animals, and then like you know, like a cow would be a clean animal, and so two cows and two pigs, and there's seven different ones of these and seven different ones of the clean and seven. So a pair is two, right? A male and it's female. Yeah. So seven times two is fourteen. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> and seven is a funny number. I mean, not only just the days of the week, but just like it's a holy number <coughs> when it comes. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, terrible at math, but like things. even just now, just trying to conceptualize that, like, like it's hard for me. It's like because seven doesn't divide by two but 14 does it's just like to me for some reason my brain is like broken by that oh but, no it's fine pretty obvious uh so so yeah seven days in the week seven seven planets at that time um according to the greeks but i, mean, I don't think so at that time not at that time only the inner planets so anything yeah. beyond saturn Nope. Yeah. Right. They had some. But maybe not. Maybe they were like, maybe they had like 40 and like we're <laughs> just now where we are. Yeah, know, maybe. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Seven continents. Not my own theory about <laughs> planets. So, yeah, we're not going to. I mean, what do you, to. what do you guys think about, uh, because it does seem weird, right? That we would have every animal on the ark. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> it seems like it would. Are be you super stuck crowded, on that? Right? No, no, no. Okay, I'm not. I'm off the numbers. I'm talking about like practically. How did Noah fit all of these animals onto the ark? Was it really that big where it could house yeah. every single species? Like, and they didn't eat you know each know, other with a living spirit. Well, you have to ask yourself, well, what actually was named that we don't even know what animals were even like around, like what animals well, presumably were. Presumably there was even more. Like it seems like we're losing species every year. So I don't and know. They genetically I, like altered their people... shits, dude. They who knows if they had like half birds, literally, and half like dogs running around? They that's why they got wiped out. They genetically altered the shit out of their DNA and animals' DNA, and like just had a ball with it. Kind of sounds familiar, but um, so like the that brought on this whole event. So I don't really, I don't that's know. A great point. That's a great yeah. point, though, because that's like the whole thing is if there were these hybrids that were created, they would not have a living spirit from the creator. They right? wouldn't so have been on the, the ones, But the animals that survived do, allegedly, yeah. if, if we're going according to the story, right? And so according again, to and, the like, Genesis, is, book of Genesis and the word of God. And many mythos. Um, but according, I'm just like, saying. That's how yeah. I take it. <laughs> Why I I do too. I'm just I'm trying to ask this question from like um, people know. who don't believe in any of this stuff. That's the common because you're confusing that's the me. Common question. I'm like, wait, no matter are you even Christian, <laughs> Doc, what's going on here? 
Morgan yeah, sounds more Christian than you, you do right know. now. <laughs> I'm just messing, but I'm not well, not well, Christian. That's a good I just don't like to put myself in a box. How about that? I was raised with very strong indoctrination, and I thank God for that every day. And I do believe in my Maker, and I am at the mercy of my Maker. Now I'm just not going to put myself in a certain box, and because I can't live up to the Christian expectations of me. So that being said. Let's move forward. <laughs> Real quick, though, I'm curious now that you say that, what's the Christian expectation of you? Because that's the whole thing is we're not perfect and we need a savior. Like we need that forgiveness. And that's why Christ came to save us from our sins, because we aren't perfect and we can't live up to his example. Well, mainly because I believe in astrology. I believe in astronomy. I believe in uh, that there's like a larger uh thing at play that has totally i do believe in christians being the first rebels ever like that is the first rebellion ever in the entire world and i angels were the first rebellion no because yeah i mean kind (laughs) of I, I mean, but I, I get guess. what you're saying. I get uh, Christians were sort they of uh, fell, rebels but then, against like, that you think system, about it against the rebels. Of, <laughs> you think of, oh man, it's so crazy how all of this is just like ah, so cyclical, but kind of not, but kind of like what it, the Bible is a wild yeah. read. Yeah. The Bible be wild. The Bible be wild. Um. Oh. Well, the, I guess I guess you could say the first religious cult rebellion. They're the ones to rebel back to the original kingdom. Like we're trying to get back to God's perfect plan. And we were rebelling against the fallen angels instead of going along with the system. So, and you're both right, essentially. Like the first rebels to rebel against this system here on earth, the fallen angels rebelled against God's system in the first place. But here's why there is so much importance if you are going to believe in one side of this, of the like holy of holies, the white right hand side, like the the one that, you know, the right path or whatever, you have to believe that there is a, um, there is a necessity and an equal and opposite other side. And you have to understand that there is one and you have to understand the necessity for that in order for this. So the fact that, you know, if people could just harmonize with that on on that account and then we could just like move on, you know what I mean? Well, there's there's. It seems to me that there are two kingdoms, right? There's there's God's kingdom, and then there's the kingdom that's opposite of that, which is death, destruction, fear, all of this. And when the rebels, the original rebels, the fallen angels, when they didn't want to be a part of God's system because they were of their pride, like we read in Enoch, um, they wanted their own power. They wanted to be above God. Their only other kingdom, the only other option was that dark side, was the other path, Right. And so they rebelled. And then as we partook in that, in the garden, in the fall of man, now we're a part of that kingdom as well. And so it's up to us to sort of rebel against that kingdom now and get back 
to our source, back to God's original plan, back to the other path. And that's kind of how I see the it. Word, the word, but everybody's got a different path, Nomad, is what I'm saying. It's like, what side you're paths, on. But perhaps lead to the same place. They all lead to the same place. Like I said, that necessity for one is a necessity for the other. And just because like someone is like maybe doing like witchcraft in their mom's basement or some shit and listening to heavy metal, maybe that's like their path. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I wouldn't say it's a necessary path. I would say it's a path, though. Like that's where I look at it is like, again, it gets back to God's perfect will and his permissible will. So we can take the permissible path, uh, but it's just maybe not the best path for our well-being. And it may be a little harder, if that makes sense, versus if we were to truly trust God and go along God's perfect path. But yes, it would be easier for me if it wasn't so shrouded in mystery, if it didn't have like fossilized can non canonical text like the Gospel of Mary just like fossilize itself and then come out and people find it like necessarily. be a lot easier that's why that's why satan was always called the deceiver the all he has one move all he can do is muddy the waters like the truth he can't get rid of the truth so he just muddies the water and puts out all of this disinformation uh, I I mean, that's to me how i've i've come well, to understand and, and the more i get closer I mean. to the source and look internal and try to deprogram myself I find that it doesn't matter what books say what, because there is an eternal truth within me. I have found that to be the fruit of the spirit. I know I talk about it all yeah. the time, but like, no, when I get that's rid of your it, job to talk about it. If you find fruit of your spirit, you fucking rejoice in that. Well, it just seems to be an eternal truth to me. It's like, no matter what I read, or, no matter what I read or what anyone does to me, the fruit of the spirit is hard to debate. Like that's a bad thing. Can I don't know, would any of you guys say that like the fruit of the spirit's bad? Like love, joy. No, that's peace, your patience, personal kind. discernment. Like you well, know, I know it's my it's personal, but I'm I'm curious if other people would disagree with that. You know what I mean? Like because it yeah. seems like a universal truth to me. I don't. I think the four universal truths are like the cardinal truths. Like you know temperance justice i don't even remember what they are sorry but i don't know if people would necessarily put marriage under like a what is marriage is that part of the whatever you just mentioned the four card no you just said marriage is like a no what i oh i thought you said marriage i'm sorry no 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 so just to be clear the universal truth that i've found the holy spirit and the fruit of the spirit is interesting because it's it's singular. It's one fruit, but it has multiple attributes. And to me, that is what the Holy Spirit is. That's what Christ represents. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I think those yeah, are hard to debate. I swear that's been like imprinted on my brain. I know that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Good. No, that's, I mean, that you're filled with the Holy Spirit if it is. I mean, that's, just, that's what it is, you know? So to me, that's just like, a, <laughs> like I've, because I get lost in the weeds. I read all these ancient texts, right? And it's easy to sort of get lost in that. Uh, so how do you have, what's your anchor, right? And What's the universal truth that everyone can agree with? I think those are hard to debate, like that those would be bad. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks that Thank uh, you. peace, love, and joy are not good things. Of course. That's what we all no, strive. No, I agree. I, but... I just, when we're looking for truth like that's yeah. what i found is all i'm saying you know i think truth is love and finding and like truly like be going beyond the grain beating the grain going against it and actually like not being human and sh- like turning from any not completely abstaining or any crazy type of shit but just like actually loving your neighbor and like understanding what that means and it's hard to do i'm not going to say it's the easiest thing because we are human but yeah it's it's like actually put that effort in to be willing to want to try to love your neighbor as yourself which we all know is hard shit even if you don't even love yourself you know it's it's very counterintuitive, and that's why Christ was such a revolutionary concept because it went against everything. It went against all the spiritual people that were telling you to separate yourself, and it went against the religious people that were telling you you have to live exactly by this law. You have to get married on certain yeah. days, and you have to or eat certain like ways that or all of this. weren't allowed to get married because they were married right. to the temple. Yeah. Or, Christ yeah. went against all that, and he said love your enemies that was love god and love your enemies it's it's that simple Uh, but it is very much against our flesh right it's against that sinful nature that we have to overcome because of the fall because we've been in the muddy waters for so long we've been fed the disinformation for so long It, it goes against our innate thinking because of that but it's still there some so no people matter, would like, argue you know against I mean? that the opposite way, though. Like, it's hard to be um, a good person or it's hard to or it's not hard That's to be I'm selfish. Saying. I'm sorry that I'm at the opposite. It's not hard to be selfish. I want to be less selfish for selfish reasons. They'd probably say that. But, you know, I do know some extreme narcissists who <laughs> would really think that way. You know what I mean? So, like, a with the path I'm saying is like some people are just on like a mentally different path than others. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, I guess I'm just reasoning with myself here <laughs> on why people do what the things they do. Well, anyway, so to get back to the original question, this is just something I'm curious about. Maybe it's a good stop to end. Uh, but this is like the common thing that uh, skeptics bring up, right? It's like, okay, if the story of Noah is true, how did they get all of those animals on a small little boat, a big boat even? Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Do you think it actually happened? Like Noah actually packed in all of the animals that we know today on the boat? Or was it like this was a no. region that they knew and so they got all the animals in that region maybe? Uh, what do you yeah. guys think? Well, according to that movie, uh, <laughs> was it Noah? Was that movie called Noah? No, no, it was uh, it was the one about Noah with the guy from a 40-year-old virgin, right? Uh, where he built the ark. Oh, God. <clears throat> Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Didn't all the animals... Evan Almighty. Yeah, didn't all the... No, that was... Wasn't that one uh, Ace Ventura guy? Uh, 
It's Steve Carell, right? Yeah, Steve Noah. Carell. Evan Almighty. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Um, Bruce Almighty but, was the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the first right. one, yeah. Uh, so isn't it like, don't all the animals seemingly come to him? Is that something that's in the Bible? Is Does it say like the animals came from him? Because in a way you could think that maybe God gave the animals the spirit to just follow Noah because it was the end and they needed to survive. So they were calmed or uh, the spirit was with them. So they came into the ship uh, on their own accord because seemingly they came from everywhere uh, in, in the movie. I'm just saying in the movie as like a visual like representation in, uh, for people thinking about it. But um also like i've heard stories where you know it was just like a chicken and a chicken and a goat and a cow and uh some of their family members or you know it was it was something local to whatever they had there and then they took that with them to survive and and whatnot so uh i mean there is that but you know, um, there, there's also the idea of these ancient seeds uh, that they say are have to have been older uh, because they seem to be manufactured. Oh shit! Or created in some not necessarily manufactured like synthetic, but like you know, like when you take seeds and uh, you kind of hybrid. I don't, I don't know the correct. Svarsvald languages, yeah. but you Svarsvald like Svarsvald Bolt. Yeah, Svarsvald. Yeah, uh, but you like the seeds because you use them over and over again. The 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 plant gets stronger, and it has like a stronger. Uh, I don't know what to call it, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at, but maybe okay. it's, I mean, I have heard it theorized, I have heard it theorized that like perhaps it was like a genetic uh, bank of some kind where they were collecting yeah. like the, the essence of the animal so right. that they could then recreate them or something. Whatever. Okay. It's so That's they could reincarnate their ancestors, yo. <laughs> uh, I'm saying they yeah, found these. Know, but I did have this word. Genetic seeds. That's the word. That they think had to have been. Hybridized older. seeds. Like the first seeds that they were using to crop were already like highly sophisticated genetically. Terraformed. What I'm saying. Yeah, they were like created to be better seeds. So the, yes. the fact that they're using these better seeds at the start of cropping to begin with is interesting. It's like, where did these great seeds come from so obviously they had to have known this before and they had to have bring the seeds with them now where are they going to just bring seed they just have well, all they these seeds before. laying around waiting for the flood to come before the flood happened oh you're right i guess he yes because enoch was like, like yeah years. this is happening no they knew for like thousands of years because enoch is the one who told them about the flood and then so and so begot so and so lived fucking thousands of years later down the line. Here comes Noah. That is the terminology, though, and I've had this highlighted. It says uh, also of foul of the heavens seven pairs of male. Blah blah blah. That's the terminology. Go ahead. Sorry. 
I'm just saying that in the, that what the seed was used to swear to God, y'all, they were using these animals to carry the souls of their ancestors so they could reincarnate them. Well, I'm just saying, you guys keep saying the word seed, and I've had this highlight, but it says right. also right. a fowl of the heaven and seven pairs, a male and a female, to keep alive seed on the face of all the earth. And so that could be interpreted several different ways. But perhaps there was some sort of uh, actual like seed that was being kept instead of all of these animals or something. I don't know. It's again, this is like the a mysterious part of it. Some sperms, some little sperm banks. <laughs> the ship, the whaler ship called the Essenes. It's funny that that was the name of the whaler ship. But man, I heard this crazy story about it. Uh I think Moby Dick actually was inspired by it. But anyways, fun read. Well, that was a great talk, guys. Good, talk. <laughs> Good chat. I, just I was going to leave the rest for, for everyone else. To I look just up looked up uh, like the seeds and whatnot. And uh, it shows pictures of seeds of, or of fruits before the they were genetically modified and what they look like before, uh, which that's pretty interesting. If anybody wants to go look up what fruits and vegetables look like before they're genetically modified. But what I was, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. What I was trying to talk about was that, uh, ancient, like, well, not ancient, but archeologists have found seeds, uh, from, crops that they had set a long time ago and found that they or they found them in clay jars or pots or something like that and they found that they were genetically modified already as stronger yeah. breed of plant so the fact that they had that at the Wrong beginning thing. because it seems like it would have took a long process to get them to be that fortified or that strong of a crop or a, a seed so they had to have had these seeds. They had to bring them with them uh, from before the flood is kind of what I'm referring to or from somewhere else. <clears throat> yeah, I get I get what you're saying. It seems like there was genetic modification of plants uh, even in the ancient past. I think my question was more on the animals, which the plants is a great question too, right? Like if all of the foliage and stuff was destroyed, it... But it seems like it grew back and, and uh, they were able to find land again. It wasn't all like all the plants weren't necessarily destroyed. But to me, the animals the is, is the curious part because how do you. Yeah, exactly. So the seeds could have survived. But yeah. how do you get all those animals <laughs> together on a boat? That's still like the mysterious question. I think that uh, a lot of skeptics and even I don't fully understand. Like, I think uh, it's maybe a celestial was... boat. <laughs> and I think that. The arc is like the that arc of degree of sunlight, whatever it might might be, or maybe even though even though it's like very specific, it seems like materials and measurements that were used for like the arc. You're saying it was perhaps something else, or like a yeah. Um, I like to refer to Noah's Ark. I'll refer to Jason and the Argonauts a lot when I ref when uh I refer to both to each. Does that make sense? I refer Jason and the Argonauts, whatever. 
when we were doing a constellation about Jason and the Argonauts, it reminded me There's... a lot about Noah's Ark. What is Jason and the Argonauts? I'm not familiar. Uh, well, it is where all of the parents of the Greek demigods and um, all of their like highly esteemed heroes, their like ancestors, got onto this boat in uh, chase of the Golden Fleece, which was Ares, is the Golden Fleece, you know. Uh, but yeah, so, but it also reverberates throughout so many stories. It's not even funny. Like even when you get to series A and series B, when it comes to like the Egyptians and like all of this crazy, like celestial traveling, um, 50 is a number that's brought up a lot when it comes to the oarsmen. Um, just the evergreen trees, uh, just it 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 just reminds I don't know. Um, it reminds me a lot of that, and I think it's celestial, and I think it is the arc of degree of like ray of sunlight. But that's just my opinion. Well, so I'm just trying to understand. Do you think? Uh, so you don't think that there was like a physical arc that actually like saved the animals? You think no. it was like you think it was like a metaphor or or like yes. a spaceship or okay i think it's metaphor 1000 percent. so we do have it seems like we have archaeological evidence for a great deluge do you think the animals and stuff that we have uh just like survived on like mountaintops or uh do you have like a theory on that? i think it is most definitely whatever it is an anomaly um I don't think that we can fully understand it or responsibly understand it, if, even if we could, you know, wrap our heads around it. I'm not certain um, if I've come a along the right text that um, has just made it click for me to try to put it to words. I'm uncertain, but for I think it is most definitely an anomaly. Uh from after Lamech and the fall of the water, like that whole story. And I think afterwards is um, not as, I think it's a little bit further from source because it's a, another fall, right? So I think the further that I think the more we fall, the more information being a hundred percent accurate falls. Now maybe it's just mm-hmm. misconstrued or miswritten or mistranslated, but I don't think that we could know for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I'm uh yeah. I'm a little bit of a mercury between the two of you. Mm-hmm. I think that everything meaning <clears throat> I think that everything that happens in the sky also happens on earth uh yes. either either because it's predestined or because we as humans try to make it happen so when it when he talks about the ark in the sky <clears throat> and the garden of Eden in the sky and the rivers in the sky, I think all of that's 
the earth is almost a mirror of the stars and so because it is a mirror of the stars everything that happens up there also happens down here as above so below uh you know all those types of ideas the reason why they watched the stars is that's how they were able to prophesize what was going to happen so if they're watching the stars they knew that there's going to be a flood and whoever knew how to watch the stars also knew that there's going to be a flood so either they could tell other people or they could just know themselves so whether or not all the civilizations had the ability to look at the stars and do prophecy from the stars is one thing or if somebody went around and told everybody that this thing was going to happen uh just like you know See, that's uh, like Paul, Paul yeah here like going the british are coming the british are coming was there somebody coming to tell them all or were they able to do it themselves seemingly <clears throat> all of these cultural stories have some similarity between them so i find that very interesting that there's that similarity between the stars and what happens in religious texts uh seemingly also yeah. the stars play a big involvement in our own personalities and our own traits and everything else so obviously we're representations of the stars also so uh as clusters totally. or as constellations or as planets move all these different things happen to us even sometimes i read what's supposed to happen or what has happened or what's going to happen and it has already in fact happened and then i read it and i'm like wow i just went through that like how is that even possible for it to know sometimes people say well it's just generalized but some of the things that it talks about are not generalized they're in fact like detailed so if we are playing the roles of the stars on earth it's kind of like hollywood right hollywood stars they're portraying events in the stars also in the movies to show you the relation and we're not picking up on it some of us are but some of us aren't so we're but we are also the stars we we're the like we're the theater to the stars see what i'm saying so those stories up there are playing out here and so there's that back and forth uh between the two of us so i think in some respects these stories <clears throat> even though they connect to the stars they also are a mirror of it so it's happening in both places at the same time it's funny in reverse or something too because yeah. of the mirror aspect well what's you're right you're 100 percent right about that and what's funny is that no matter earlier you brought up glass and measuring stuff with glass or looking through stuff with glass they actually have a term for that it's called the looking glass self. So basically it is, I am what you think that I think that I am, right? So it's like looking at something backwards, forwards, and then backwards again. You know what I mean? So I think that that's funny that you said that. Well, is the image in the mirror but the Dan, real image of us or are we the image in the mirror? I mean, I would say the mirror is a fragment, not the source. But you guys, you're being very political. But you were dealing in a world. <laughs> is that, that political? Really? Like, just like, I all know. of your senses no, because... can be robbed or <laughs> manipulated. 
Maybe not. Maybe not. You're being mercurial with another term. But well, my, my point is that I'm very mercurial. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> totally, totally. Which is great. I love it. But you're sort of dancing around my original question. What oh. happened to the animals? <laughs> That's oh, what I'm trying to figure out. Like, do you think? Do you think the animals? Do you think the animals survived because of the ark, or do you think it was something else? Like, do you think they? That it wasn't the whole earth that was flooded. It was just a region, or they went on the mountaintops. That's kind of what I'm trying to figure out because that's what the skeptics yeah. on the story of Noah say. He wants to like, know what kind of skin the ark is. I I said like if we talked about plants having spirit or consciousness, and we talked about animals having spirit or consciousness, if they were also aware because they have a closer connection to the planet than we do because they they live within nature just like dogs have a earthquake sense right maybe they had a sense that yeah. there was going to be something to happen and they needed to get the heck out of there and they needed to go they needed to get to the highest mountain that they could or there is a possibility that you know somebody took what they could with them and and took their pets for food and safety and, and whatever or uh sustenance or so that they could recrop or you know you you'd have to have a male and a female cow so that way you could have more cows or goats or sheep or pigs or whatever the animal was so you know they they say you need everybody need in this day and age should pack an oh shit bag just in case shit pops off you need certain things to be able to survive for the next time period so and some people's back then your oh shit bag would have been a couple animals and some seeds and uh a couple mm -hmm. protein bars or whatever i don't know ashes but <laughs> so i i think if people could read the stars and they knew that something was coming because you could look to that for the signs and the seasons if they were aware then they would have been prepared to take with them whatever they needed uh whether it was a noah and his four sons or three sons and their wives or was it uh a guy and his wife and a couple kids or or you know a whole tribe of people i mean that's all kind of debatable the fact is is that humanity survived a great catastrophe at some point in humanity's past and the fact that we are still here is you could call a miracle from god because we're still alive and we are somehow seemingly the only thing in this galaxy that we understand or know of because aliens are uh either conspiracy uh total bullshit, or real but that's all debatable because they're not here with us at this present time. We can't all just see aliens and know that aliens exist. So it's speculation whether or not aliens are real. But what I'm saying is we are real. We're here. We survived the catastrophe by the skin of our teeth, our ancestors, whoever. So was that a miracle from God or was that just pure knowledge because of the stars? Don't know, but we're here. And that's the point, you know what I mean? And I think that's what the point of all of these re, uh, different religions, different cultural stories are, is that there was, has been catastrophes in the past and we have survived them and humanity will always continue to survive because we're resourceful like that. And 
we want to continue living. The whole point of life is to continue life. And so where there's a will, there's a way, and we'll find a way to survive. Great. I love that. I think that uh, it'd be great to go <laughs> that over. That was beautiful. Are, are, yeah, it was. Are you guys familiar with the Epic of Gilgamesh? Isn't that also yes. sort of like supposed to be the original flood narrative? So, so maybe that's, we do a little research and, and talk about that a little next week, too. I've been thinking about that. To. And that has been one of the questions. Because uh, remember when I talked to you about like the time period of how everything happened in 7,000 years? And I said, that's kind of an important thing to me. Uh, because it kind of defines everything, right? Like a lot of uh, archaeologists and stuff get paid by church people, uh, get paid by the Vatican, get paid by certain people to keep this history to the 7,000-year period to keep the Bible true. And I think it's it's like it's well known within the archaeological community that they do this that they get paid to do this this is why they always argue with each other this is why they always try to find things that that's why people that find things that predate like the seven thousand year period are considered crazy and like non-rep uh uh whatever non-reputable and uh and all that so <clears throat> in the epic of gilgamesh which is a story seemingly from around 2500 to 3000 bc it talks about uh, uh get in the story of gilgamesh he thinks that he's three quarters god and he should get uh eternal life and he gets actually he gets brought up to heaven and basically he gets to choose the red pill or the blue pill type of thing uh but he doesn't get eternal life but they do tell him the story of the flood and they talk about utnapishtim and how enki went to utnapishtim and saved um told him to build the ark to save him from the flood that Enlil was going to bring to the earth and seemingly right. part of the the struggle between these two gods always right and the fact that humanity at that time gilgamesh's era was unaware that a flood had had happened because this was something that was lost to time that was given to him from the gods because it happened so long ago before him would say that the flood had to have happened before the story of Gilgamesh. So before even 3000, when the story of Gilgamesh was written down, we don't know even really when maybe people do, but I'm not aware of what time period Gilgamesh was actually alive. So that would mean that that could push the flood back who knows how many thousands of years so if the flood was actually around 10,000 bc that would kind of change the timetable of what has happened in human history a little bit a thousand years you know a, a, a lot different things could have happened and proceeded uh from 10,000 years ago or 100,000 years ago or what if it's 50 million years ago dinosaurs they say 65 million years ago do you really think there's dinosaurs 65 million years ago that were still digging up in relatively fresh soil. That seems stupid. Like we can't even find a body that predates 100,000 years, but we can find a dinosaur bone that goes back 65 million years. Something's wrong with the situation here. So either humans and dinosaurs have crossover and existed at the same time, or dinosaurs are 100% completely bullshit or whatever. But 
the fact is, is like we don't know how old our own history is, and the mm -hmm. fact that the Bible has this exact time period of how long history is, and it can be disputed if we can archaeologically find things that are older. Now we can also dispute like carbon dating and radiocarbon dating and all those things because essentially more carbon could have been in the air at certain periods of time. So I think what I'm saying is we need to find a way to date things. We need people to be more open-minded about things, which is why I think this show is great because I think we're talking about these concepts with an open mind and giving people something to chew on, you know? And totally, but these are things that we need to, if we want to really find out humanity's past, why, why is it so secretive? Why is it so hidden from us? Like, why, why are we not able to find out where we came from? Like we have all this technology and we can't even fucking date bone or stone. Like what, what the heck what's going on? Like why? Why yep. so much muddy, secrecy muddy in that? the waters? Yeah, I know. They don't exactly. want us to know. Yeah, but why do they not want <laughs> well, us I think to that's, know? That's the thing. Because the with because they want us separated from our from truth. That's that's how you control people. If you control the narrative, then you control the people. Uh, if you yeah, control I, the history, and if yeah, yeah. So I think there's I it's agree. pretty obvious, at least to me, why they like the, uh, the reason behind why they would do it, but it's still, the water's still muddy. And so that's why we're here doing this research. And I think that's a great teaser for next week. I'm definitely going <laughs> to dig into the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, yeah. and maybe we can kind of do a, uh, Venn diagram again of like we did with Enoch. We can do that with the Epic of Gilgamesh as we continue through Genesis. I think that sounds uh, really fun. I would love to, man. Uh, I, I'd love yeah. to look at Gilgamesh. I think the story that is up is your really alley. Interesting. I, I actually could probably almost repeat the whole thing to you by heart right now. But there's there's a lot well, of let's do it next week because I want to study up against. It's been a while a, since I read there's it. There's a lot of interesting concepts in it. Uh, I would say while you read it, think about Enkidu. Think about the turmoil that Enkidu totally. goes through. Uh, think about what it's talking about with Gilgamesh and uh, there's even a part where it gets into some weird crazy stuff in the bowl of heaven and all of these different conceptual ideas all the way up until is it DNA mixture I don't know you're gonna have to read the uh, no spoilers oh, Gilgamesh I've never read it yeah, well that's the assignment I have Daniel for <laughs> that's that. the assignment y'all need to read the epic of Gilgamesh for next week Daniel is like this Sumerian like person. Well, my name is da Daniel Naki. I better be. If I'm not, then I'm. He looks faker. like one, right? You know. So like, I have him for that. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, if I if I don't you know, know, then I'm faking it to make it right. So if I if I'm gonna call myself right. that, I better have, I better be doing it. Like your name is Nomad. You're you're fucking nomadic, aren't you, Nomad? Yeah, I've been around. Well, I definitely know that you know. That's why I'm just like, oh, okay, the Epic of Gilgamesh. I love the Epic. Pass. I have a, I have the Ostrahasis or the um, what? What's the other one called? Yeah, I need to reread that one. I need to reread all of these. But I got to get going, guys. But all right, all right good night, guys. Great. Well, thank uh, you. Ended or no. you guys gonna keep going? No, thank you, Nomad. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and also uh. 
Tell them about your Spotify too, dude. Get some likes over there. Uh, yeah. Get some listens. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys can find my podcast, art, social media links, all that on my website. It's nomad.arts. That's G-N-O-M-A-D.art. And yeah, I do have music on Apple, Spotify, etc. under the name Nomad, G-N-O-M-A-D, if you guys like music. Yes. Heck yeah, we do. You. I was listening to it today. I'll tell you right now what songs I liked right after we say goodbye to everybody. Morgan, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Probably on a You can find me on, on Instagram. I at <laughs> the Morgan B. M O R R I G A N B. And I think there's a underscore. I'm not really sure. Anyway, um, yeah, you can find me there, Telegram. Um, and on our other show, it's called the 88. Yeah, 88. Tune in. Check it out. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you have a great day and peace out. See y'all next week. Love y'all. Raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining. It's a celebration. Go and tell the nation. We're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting. I've been stuck in my ways, man. I'm regenerating. Raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining. It's a celebration. Go and tell the nation. We're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting. I've been stuck in my ways, man. I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face God keep giving me grace I'm giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise Giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks